Hello and welcome back to the Golden Hurricast, a weekly podcast covering Golden Hurricane athletics at the University of Tulsa. I'm Ryan Token. I'm Matt Rectine. And I'm Pat Fox. And as has become the norm this season, Tulsa played another great game at home. We beat Temple 76-58 and led essentially the entire game outside of being down 5-4 to four, five minutes into the game. It was a great win. Hopefully that kickstarts some road wins for us coming up. So let's get started. Stay golden. Hurricane. listen to our intro Golden <laughs> okay so getting started uh with some follow-up before we jump into the recap for the week um uh, we want to talk about the discord a little bit we ran it for the first time this week uh against temple and it and it turned out pretty good pretty much what we expected um had a couple people join us on there and had a ton of conversation the whole game so i was pretty happy with the Amount of conversation. If you want to join that, we will tweet out the link before uh, the next several games, probably until everybody's in there who wants to be in there, and then we'll probably periodically tweet it out after that. Um, but I thought it was great. Uh, but Matt was in there with me a lot of the time. What did you think about the Discord, Matt? Oh, I like it more than uh, like Twitter's good to. I mean, obviously we have a broader like audience that we're hitting, but the actual like like real time conversation. Although I think I was like being at the game i would like say things and then they would show up on tv like maybe like five seconds later <laughs> so i kind of felt like a spoiler at times but yeah it was a lot i liked you get all it's a it's a very different conversation just being like live it's happening but i liked it a lot so it's fun i will be on the next one it was like 11 in the morning i was hungover. i didn't want to download discord yeah and also you two were at the game i was sick so i couldn't go but being at the game it's obviously harder to to interact with something on your phone Right, so yeah, I was interacting with the crowd, the raucous crowd, the Reynolds <laughs> yeah. Center. Yeah, it was kind of it was it was tough because I was like tweeting and on Discord and trying to watch the game, and I was like miss things occasionally. Oh yeah, which for was, sure, it was tough. So yeah, uh, but yeah, we've got two away games coming up here, so that'll those will be prime that'll be prime time for the Discord. Uh, so I look forward to that. I think it'll be a lot of fun hanging out with you guys. What are, can you sell ads on Discord? So it's like we're in this chat. <laughs> I'm and we're trying. Sure we're having to, if, if this builds up, you know, say we get like twenty people, and I just like nonchalantly say, like, "Yeah, I'm really enjoying this Papa John's pizza I'm having right now." <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, well, we just cut out ads out of our show, so I feel like putting them in the in the Discord would be a. No, disservice. no, they're not ads. No, no it, we're yeah, just, we're they just, don't know. We're just <laughs> talking. We're just talking <laughs> about things we like. Okay. This is, this is deep cut ads underneath, like under the table. We're making money off of that. Ah, too. yes. So, okay. Like well, if I'm just like, hey, what are you guys doing for this Toyotathon? <laughs> are you going home to be with your families? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, it'd be fun if you just do like something like super random. Oh, but what if they like, celebrate Honda Days? That'd be awkward. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, keep an eye out for that. We might uh might give that a try. No, um, don't, don't keep an eye out. Yeah, actually, just forget we ever talked about this. Yeah, you'll never know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it was cool. Um, so another follow up, just how we did with predictions last week. Uh, I'll start with Matt's prediction. Matt predicted we would win that game. We all predicted wins, so we all got that one right. But uh, Matt said 87 to 82, Pat said 74 to 70, and I said a lower scoring one was 68 to 65, and we were all pretty far off. We all predicted a close-ish win. Matt had the biggest win uh, margin there with the 87 82, so five points. I was the closest to the real score for us. It's true. The final ended up being 76 to 58, so we all got the end result right, but none of us were really close on the actual final. Yeah, I think we all just thought Temple was actually, like, they can play on the road. Like, they played Houston close. Like, they lost by seven to Houston on the road. They beat Houston at home. But then the, I just, I forgot that when, you know, <laughs> they come to Tulsa, they kind of suck. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I mean, what was it, last year they got down 24-0? Yeah, yeah. That, was so, so, that was so funny. The weird thing is, though, I still feel like Temple's a really good team. And I still like them better than UCF. 
I do too. I mean, it, it it was really weird. It was an anomaly of a game. We can start talking about that in, in the recap right now. Um, but yeah, it was strange. Like they are, they're fourth, I think, in the conference, right behind UCF right now. But uh, man, they looked. Well, I, I think I feel like they, have they played each other yet? Yeah, they lost yeah. at UCF by three points. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't know if they play Temple again. Temple will win at Philly if that happens. Yeah, I wish it was that. But I mean, the thing because their two best guys are really good. So that was part of the reason. It's like those guys clearly are like both all conference potential performers. Yeah, for sure. The last game of the season is uh, is Temple UCF. And okay. Chiz awesome. He's second in the conference right now in scoring. Yeah, and he's averaging like four assists a game. Yeah. Um, I really like him. I like he's he like just watching him like play live. He's probably one of my favorite guys I've watched live this year, just because like he's played so smooth. Yep. Um, really good in the pick and roll. Six four like. I think he's listed as six or six three somewhere when I saw it, but you see him live. He's all of six four. Mm-hmm. He's got long arms, um, kind of like I don't know. He's he's it's kind of like that modern game where he thinks he can shoot from anywhere, <laughs> um, which he can sometimes. But he was pulling up from anywhere, um, getting the basket, really good. Just kind of he had a Matt. Do you remember the pass he had in the second half? Where it was oh, like, like the one that like was underhanded, kind of like yeah, it was pass underhanded the bounce pass. Yeah, that thing was nice. Yeah, and he had a couple of just really good like dish bounce passes for uh, layups and stuff. So watching him was really fun, and then also I mean, Quinn Rose is huge, and he plays like Darian Jackson, but he's six nine. Yeah, yeah, that dude's a, he's a stud. We were talking before the show about how he's one, probably one of the best NBA prospects in the conference just because of his length and his scoring ability. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd say yeah. Him, he, gave, he gifted us a lot of turnovers. Yes, though, he did. Nice. He had a bad game. He overall. he did not have his best game. We did do a really good job guarding him and Austin. I think part of it was, was they were cold from three. They what ten for yep. twenty seven. Right. Um. 32. 10 for 32. Okay, yeah, even worse. Um, but yeah, I'd say Rose is up there with Jerry Foster and McDuffie for best NBA prospects. But then, yeah, she's Austin. I don't know. Conference Player of the Year is probably Cumberland right now, but I think Austin's got a case. Yeah, I think I, I agree with you that it's probably going to be Cumberland. Corey Davis is up there as well, uh, just because of the numbers he's putting up. If they beat since did they only play Cincinnati once, Houston? Uh, I don't remember. I think they've only played once. Yeah. Oh yeah, they, they play. They play games, today. Games. Oh yeah. Okay. But did they play? Did they play twice. We should really know the schedule better. Yeah. But I'd say today they play. The, their last game is against each other too. So if so. Houston beats Cincy twice, and with Davis averaging like fifteen points, maybe Davis gets it. Mm-hmm. But if they split it, is Cumberland's numbers are that much better? Yeah. And Houston is, I think that they're, yeah, they're the most complete team in the conference. Yeah. They just have like four guys who can just kill you. Absolutely. Um, and then, and then since he, if Cumberland went out, I think since he might just basically turn into like us. <laughs> yeah, right. They're they're really good. Uh-huh. They have good length, and they have that Adams is a good rim protector. Uh, Broom and Jennifer are good guards, but they they rely a lot on Cumberland, and I think that's my why he might get it. Oh yeah, for sure. Like when we were when when we played Cincy at home, Cumberland was non-existent until like five minutes in the game, and then overtime. Uh, actually, pretty much only overtime. He, he didn't do much. So when when he's not going off for them, they don't have a ton of weapons. It seems like they're not, they're a good team without him for sure. Uh, but he's he's the main driver. And if you look at the advanced stats, I was going to basketball reference. Cumberland is up there a lot, and he's he's above Davis for a lot of those. I don't know if the guys who vote on look at that, but so it might be because his it's they're relying on the team. And as you look deeper, Cumberland is good. As much as I don't like, and we don't really like his game, um, he is a very good player. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but getting back to the game we had this week against Temple, uh, final score seventy six fifty eight. Oddly enough, that is the exact same score as last year's game when we played them at home, which is very weird. Uh, but great game. It was Legends Day at home, so we had a bunch of former Tulsa players, I guess, and then also some guys who I wouldn't consider a legend at Tulsa. But okay, okay. They were, they were Shot, there. Shots at Nick Wood. <laughs> yeah, Nick Wood loved you, man. But uh, Tulsa legend. I mean, I'll, I'll take it, I guess. But. Some of the guys that we noticed uh, were there. Um, I don't even know some of these guys. Too old for me before I got here. But Jason Parker, uh, Blondie Baruti maybe was there. Paul Pressey, um, coaching candidate uh, that, that Pat wants uh, for head coach. We'll see. Coaching candidate that we just completely pulled out of thin air. Yes. There's no legitimate <laughs> exactly, thing to yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't run with that, anybody. But uh, DeAndre Wright was there. That was really cool. Um, and then, yeah, Nick Wood was announced as a Tulsa legend. Didn't even show up. Yeah, I wasn't even there. They still yeah. gave him the shout-out. Uh, but, I don't know. Cool. Good for you, uh, Nick. Maybe he's doing there, something else. It seems like there was a lot of guys who, like, weren't there because they would say a bunch of names, and all the guys were just kind of, like, looking around, <laughs> like, well, what are we supposed to do? Yeah, yeah I think, like, James... Like four names before, like, somebody uh, actually... Like, big Country. 
I forget his whole name, but he's his numbers retired. Played in the 50s, 60s. He wasn't there. Yeah. Everybody's looking around for him. I think because he, besides like Seals and Pressy, I think he's one of the most famous uh, Tulsa alums. Yeah. Nice. And then Seals was announced, I'm sure, but he was in. The no, he wasn't room, announced. I don't think they announced him. Because they, yeah, know, they think, knew he'd be in the locker room. Yeah. Every, yeah. Everybody just like knows who he is. Yeah. Too. He's, he's there on the staff. Every, he's there every game. Right. So that makes sense. Um, but yeah, so same score as last year's game, uh, 76-58. Uh, Taplin leading scorer, which is cool to see. He actually he played a pretty solid game all around. This was maybe his best game of the year. It's up there. I'd say Nevada. Nevada, yeah. Oh yeah. He, he, that, but, he got but, hurt though that game. So at, at, the, at the last play on the season, dirty play, was it the very end of the game? It was the very okay. end of the game. He had yeah. twenty two points. Season opener oh, wow. was probably like his best overall. Yeah, yeah but. but I don't even remember what yeah, happened that game. It was against Alcorn. Yeah, so, so, so that game. Yeah, he had yeah, like yeah. 16, okay. 16 or 18 points. It was assistant. When at the start of the season, he was assistant on everything. Yeah. Yeah. So best conference game, maybe we could say. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah. So led with 14. Um, and then the rest of the team just played a really solid game. Five people had 10 points or more, uh, which is really nice. Taplin, Jackson, Jeffries, Horn, and Igbani all had over 10 points. Should I start like just like crapping on people? Because Igbani had an awesome bounce back game. Like I like last. Why ep- would you crap on people? Like last episode, play well the next game. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like because I mean, that only works for basketball though, because Luke Skipper never returned yes, to form. He did not. Maybe yeah, next year. That's true, year. but Probably I mean, not. just I mean, I want to eat crow when I eat crow, but Igbano just everything I kind of complained about, he basically started doing. Yeah, uh, only two, but two offensive rebounds more than usual. <laughs> His screen setting was everywhere. I think him and Taplin had such good chemistry in the pick and roll. It led to multiple... Uh, yeah, Igbanu's the one. He had that screen down at the bottom that let Jackson go yes, up for that yeah, baseline layup. This he Two times he did the seal for Jackson where right. he basically just boxed out the guy who's defending him and Jackson has an open lane for the baseline drive. And that's really like when Jackson, you can't shoot, the best way to go from the corner is a baseline drive and Jackson can get up there and just make him. Yeah, he can beat anybody to the bucket, it seems like. He's so quick off the dribble. I mean, what was that one transition play where they just threw the ball to Jackson <laughs> and he literally outran yeah. all of Temple for a layup? The entire they almost team. just like... If there wasn't a barrier there, he could have like I I don't know if he could have stopped. Like he, he like hardcore <laughs> yeah. ran into the barrier. No, like I he know. could have ran up the stairs in like two seconds. I know I saw that. <laughs> yeah, he was just sprinting down the down yeah. the court. But so on the Igbana, part of that is like I know Token, you mentioned this, I think on Discord, is that Frank Dumphy did not pass Pat's test for Are You a Good Coach? Because yeah. he was not double teaming Igbano until like the second half <laughs> is when it started happening. Yeah. And so Igbanu had a lot of opportunities early. And then the second half, even when he was getting double teamed... He did a good job were, out of it. Yeah, he, there were times where he like didn't make the decision quick enough, not as much as it has been. And he was just beating the double team, yeah. which isn't... like That's not going to be consistent, I don't think. I think that was more just like really good luck for him, which I think is good because he had been... like Definitely at the start of the game, he was in a rut. He was... like He started off you know missing free throws, but had a really good bounce back... like putting up those paint points there was like three possessions in a row where we would just went straight back to him and each time he had a different move up yes. to the up to the board yeah. and yeah, that's, that was very cool. that's what i really like because he usually just does the one thing but right. he did a, he did a hook he did a step through and he might have done another hook but it was i mean he switched up each time to hook step through but he wasn't just doing his like shoulder shoulder bad hook right <laughs> yeah exactly you know yep yeah maybe he heard me uh talking about how he only has one move last week and Stuck it to me. So I appreciate it, man. That's awesome. But I, I, even like, so his post scoring was big, obviously, when we heard it for points sometimes. Those three possessions in a row. Um, and just getting easy points. But I really think his screen setting was just so important. Him and yeah. Horn were really good at setting screens this game. Um, like I said, Taplin and Ibanu in the pick and roll. Even wasn't lead to Ibanu or Taplin points. Found Jeffries in the corner for three. Or, I mean, you wonder, oh, man, Taplin was finishing so much better at uh, twos on layups. And I think part of the reason why was Ibanu's screen setting. Right. And then Horn set just a masterclass of screens um, so Jeffries could go down the lane for that dunk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, right. That was in awesome. In the half court, uh, Horn's guy, like the, the guy who's guarding Jeffries, ran into the screen and Horn's guy had no idea what to do and Jeffries just blew by him <laughs> and just slammed it home. Yeah. It was beautiful. Yeah, that's a powerful combo when you've got a body screening for Jeffries because both those guys are just big guys. So you're not taking, one of them's not a guard that's trying to get to the bucket. Jeffries can do anything off a screen, right? So it, it's tough to guard that. Yeah. We probably should talk about uh, not Jeffrey's best game. He in the beginning of the second half, right. he just had a lot of. Dis- I, I think part of it was he wasn't expecting Temple. Just was pretty lazy, I thought, to start the first half defense wise. 
They weren't contesting shots. Yeah. They weren't doing everything. And maybe maybe Jeffries got kind of a little too comfortable, but he had a couple just really just like, I don't know, bad passes and just wasn't thinking and turned the ball over really yeah. easily. A lot of like lackadaisical plays there, especially well. Yeah, I guess that saying is like the first half they like really didn't play, but they, their intensity on defense went up so much, and it just seemed like our guys like didn't weren't paying attention to that <laughs> at first, because he had that one uh, where they just went. Jeffries had it on the left sideline. I say left, like I guess from closer to so not the bench side, but he just like went up the sideline, and their defender just came up, poked it out. <laughs> yeah, was, yeah. No, I imagine yeah. what happened. It's like when the Baudelaire children would misbehave, and on series of unfortunate events, Fran Dunphy. Just like I mean, he that's how he reacted to the Temple kid. The temple yeah. guys. I imagine he just ripped into them because they're only contesting Lawson Carita three pointers. I don't know if they looked at the percentage before the game. Lawson Carita is shooting twenty nine percent this year. Yeah, and they leave they left like Horn open for two threes. Yeah, um, and in the first he, half. He, had, he had time to hesitate. <laughs> that's like, crazy. Yeah, he almost step almost took a step forward yeah. and then put it back and then yep. still was uncontested. It makes he, no sense. And he's like not and yeah and he's just and he's like wait nobody's gonna guard me. Yeah, I guess I'll take it. I'm a, I'm basically a forty percent shooter from three. Yeah, I wonder because like, like didn't they read Hurley's comments? He can do Horn can only do one thing. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, yeah. It's weird. I wonder. Yeah, like I think you mentioned this. Like, does Temple like does Fran Dunphy look at the team, not the stats, and is just like, hmm, they've got two white guys. Those must be their three point shooters, and they don't look at the actual well, numbers on any of them. And he'd be half right. You should yeah, guard Curtis Scott. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. Like recently, you should not really. Lawson Creta should not be a concern over Gerard yeah. Horn. Right, exactly. I think Very part sure. of that is because, well, I don't think Lawson Creta should be a starter. I agree with you right now. Yeah. Yeah, just based on how he's played in conference play and especially in the recent conference games, it seems like it should be Darian Jackson. Yeah. And if you just is... look at it, yeah, sorry to cut you off, but if you just look at the pure net rating, last game. What would you, so all the starters were at least plus eighteen, and that was actually, and most of them were like plus thirty, and Lawson Creta was minus forty one. Yeah. Damn, God, that sucks. Yeah, and so like I was at the start of the season, I was Creta was I think my fifth man that I said I wanted, and it looked good because he had one hundred and twenty one offensive rating through non conference play, um, but since conference play has started, his net rating has dropped to eight, or his offensive rating has dropped to eighty six. Mm. And I think part of it is, so he only he only had 19 minutes, which not a lot. I mean, Darian Jackson had more. Darian Jackson had 20 minutes. Yeah, of our eight guys that play, he had the least yeah. minutes. And so you got to wonder, like, he, he's just not doing, like, especially I, I thought, like, before when he wasn't scoring points, he was still, like, doing a lot, like, on the mm-hmm. assists or setting stuff up. Doesn't And, I mean, that's reflected on offensive rating because if the team's scoring while you're on, then right. that means you're doing stuff. But – I mean, in the last, definitely the last like five or so games, we just he hasn't really done much, and it's like we get slow starts for every game. It seems a lot of times it seems like the first five minutes we don't really do anything, and then what happens after five minutes? We put in <laughs> Horn or we put in Joiner or something or Jackson. Right. And it seems we start scoring. Yeah. <laughs> and so why not do that earlier? Start off hot and then use Karita later rolls. I don't know. I'm just going on a tangent. I also okay. I just kind of like. Haith really likes to do the uh, towards the end of a game he'll switch out Joiner and Jackson on defensive possessions and then put in Scott and Carita on offensive. Like that's that's no longer that should be the case. Like Carita yep. yeah. should not be coming in as an he, offensive specialist. Um, I mean he's fine. I don't he, necessarily he just, he, say he should be a defensive specialist, but that does it doesn't seem. Yeah. It, unless it his job is to like pull defenders away because they think he's gonna <laughs> shoot. Yeah. yeah. That's well. Yeah. It, you're right though. It, it is weird. He's like. He used to be really good at just whipping passes and stuff and like mm-hmm. kind of making the smart play. And it feels like he's always been a slight negative on defense. If you look at the numbers, his defensive rating's always been a little high. And you're right, like he just doesn't do he doesn't do dumb plays, but it's he's just kind of a nothing on offense. And that does when you're guarding four when you're playing four versus five, I mean you're set at a disadvantage. And yeah, I don't know. I think it because Jackson yeah, you're right, Jackson's intensity on defense. And this is ability to basically be a one man fast break, yeah. And then you put you put Taplin and, and Jeffries in there, and you get three man. But you know his, his what he brings in that sense makes up for his lack of shooting. And I do think he should be starting. I agree with you, Matt. Yeah. Plus, if you look at Jackson's, if you say like, well, his offensive rating's not that great, and his defensive rating's a little high, why should he be a starter? Part of that I think is inflated by that same thing, in that towards the end of games he puts Jackson in on defense, and a lot of times, especially like yesterday specifically. 
I think we were we were fouling a lot, so they were getting a lot of free throws on their defensive possessions, and so they were getting points. So that hurts his defensive rating. And then when you pull him out every time before we actually get the ball in offense, that's not going to help him when we score. Mm. So I think that kind of inflates his numbers to make it look worse than it is. But, I mean, even with with those, I would say Jackson is definitely, I think we should be starting him. Yeah, dude. I'm just, I'm a huge Jackson fan. Like, who can, how can you not be these last couple games? He's just been awesome. As soon as what that's, you, that's, that's the joke that I, I made. I was like, was like Zeke Moore like a bully to him? Like, once Zeke Moore left the team, <laughs> yeah. Jackson like exploded. Yeah, that's like, right. That's weird. He was. That is a, that's a weird. What, uh, do you think, what do you think Jackson is shooting? Uh, what, what, I guess, yeah, what's, what do you think he's shooting in these last two games? From what? From three? Just, or? No, just not from three. Yeah. Okay. Three like zero. Like zero. Yeah. On the field. Yeah, he hasn't, he hasn't attempted a three, which is uh, good. I don't even know. It's got to be high. He only takes layups. So, like, I bet I bet it's 72. like... 72. Yeah, 80? Uh, both too low. I don't know the numbers. I had 10 of 11. Wow. Yeah. So, so like, good. in the 90s. It's awesome. Um, he's just, like, making those layups. He did have four turnovers in the last game, but... Not, not an excuse, but I, I think it was he was just kind of taking chances, and they didn't pay off. Yeah. A lot of them were they were just kind of like transition stuff, and he's like doing, but like so maybe clean that up a little bit. But man, he was just all over the place, and just like constantly, he's just a, he's just a nuisance. He's a playmaker. Yeah, he gets on defense. He just annoys everybody. It's great. He's a guy. If you got if you like play pickup, if you play Jackson, you just be like, God, fuck <laughs> yeah. leave me alone. So, uh, bleep that out, token. I will. Um, but it's just like you know, he'd be like under, he'd be under your skin so much, and For it's sure. just be like, God. Yeah, and he can just embarrass you on offense too because he can get to the bucket so well and he has so much speed. Yeah, yeah and you can, if, awesome. if you're guarding like, oh, this guy, this guy can't shoot. He's like shooting like twenty percent from free throw. He hasn't yeah. made a three in his whole college career. <laughs> right. And then you're like, oh wait, he's at the basket right now. Yeah. While I while I was talking crap in my head, he blew by me. <laughs> exactly. So yeah. like my 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 Chris Barnes should look at Darian Jackson and style his game yes. more like what Jackson does just as opposed like to like. Horn. Chris Barnes is taller, longer, and more, and and has a better vertical. Yeah. So yeah, yeah he just got to just play like Jackson, Chris Barnes. I could then then I could see the potential for you like getting some serious minutes. But. And yeah, honestly, if Chris Barnes like did serious work on his game in the yeah. offseason, his physical his physical profile is really honestly like it's on it's like a notch below Jeffries. Yeah. He just doesn't play smart basketball right now. And it could be he came from like the JUCO level in a smaller school, so he could could just be used to get to, getting used to it. But who knows? Yeah, it was funny though. Just um, looking at the at, at halftime when they're all practicing their shots, everybody's like shooting threes, <laughs> yeah. and then Chris Barnes is like four feet inside the line shooting like <laughs> he's, long, like, he's, he's not doing jump shots even. He's doing like Bob Pettit standstill jumpers. You know, yeah, not off, even the, off the backboard. Yeah, it's, it's like yes, that's what I like to see. Please never shoot those. Yes. See, so it's like my question is like who does he, who does he think he is? Russell Westbrook or like Tim Duncan? Yeah, it's like a, it's like a Tim Duncan like that's what that, that's what right. he made his name on. Off those off the backboard little jumpers. Yep. So I don't know. <laughs> he's an anomaly. He's an. Int- I feel like he's a very interesting guy. Yeah, probably. Uh, going back to Karita for just a second, it is a little bit. It's just a bummer that he's kind of in a rut right now. Because man, he's got the qualities that you look for in a in a shooting guard. He's like six five. He's pretty built, and so he's got the body you look for in a in a player like that. But his number is just. His just engagement on offense, it seems like, has just been way down. So. Yeah, it's fine. Against Tulane this Thursday, he'll he'll score like he'll be seventy percent from three. He'll have like forty six points. See, this is why I I'm think, saying it. I think part of it is though, because it's horrible comparison. So when I play basketball, all I can do is shoot. <laughs> but you know, if you can't, if if all you can do is shoot and you're not shooting well, yeah, it does get in your head where like what's like you know. What what is my purpose? Who am right. I? Yeah. You know, you get you get very existential. Like, <laughs> yeah. what, is, what is my purpose? What is life? <laughs> so I think Kar- the, the the shooting slump doesn't help him. If Karita hits, two, what do you say, two threes a game, he becomes very useful. Yeah. Because that's yeah. six points that stretches the deep, that opens up lanes for our guards, for Taplin and Jeffries and Igbanu, not Kern Scott. Kern Scott do not drive. Um, so this uh, it opens up the lanes. So that's good. But like he's just in such a slump right now. And it's just like, it's, I don't know what he can do because he's not an off-the-bounce guy. Yeah, maybe it is a super mental thing for him. I know every time he does hit one, he has a celebration for it. So I feel like it is very, like, in his head. If he hits a couple of them, I feel like he gets in the zone. But, yeah, maybe right now he's just hasn't made one in a while and is feeling down. But those, I, what was the lineup? Any any lineup with Jackson and Joyner out there? Especially yeah, yeah. If, it's, if it's Jackson, Joyner, Horn, and Jeffries, oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, that's a, such an attacking lineup. It's, it's awesome. It's you get you get Joiner, really good passer, really good driver, decent shooter. Mm-hmm. Jackson just 
ball of energy. Right. And then you get Horn and Jeffries, probably our two best players, and put Kern Scott out there, shooter. Put Sterling Tappan out there, playmaker. Put yep. put Creed out there. They think he's a shooter. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. You put anybody out there in the four guys, and you get the defensive intensity, and you get the spacing, and you just get the the attack. It's just I. It's a good combo. Those those four guys on the court together. I wish we had the numbers for just those four guys and anybody. Right. I feel like it's our it's our best lineup. So according to Ken Palm, the most frequent lineups over the past five games. Our third most frequent lineup is Jackson, Joyner, Scott, Jeffries, Horn, which I really nice. like. Yeah. That like, like I said, awesome. So good job on you, Frank Haith. Um, and of our top. Of our top five lineups, two of them have Jackson. Of our top three, two of them have Jackson in that, which is a good sign. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, our top lineup by a wide, wide margin is our starting lineup, which I don't know if I like, as we've said, with Karita. Right. But uh, the next two is basically it's starters with Jackson or it's uh, Joyner and Jackson, you know, with those guys in Horn. So, really, our third most used lineup in these past five games is our best. Nice. Yeah. So maybe we'll see that tick up as we go on, especially on the road. I mean, um, I mean, I mean, when you shoot ninety percent from the field, I, I don't know how Frank Hayes can say I yeah. should play you less. I know. Yeah, it's very weird. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So let's see what else do we have. We shot really well all game. That game, fifty-three percent from three, which is awesome. Fifty-five percent overall. And then my final note I have on this game, and you guys can add on anything else you have to say. Uh, but the last thing I have is. Uh, in the second half, we held Temple. I don't know if we held them or they just were mi- missing everything, but we held them to 27 points in the second half, which was their lowest um, scoring half of the year, which I thought was was really awesome. Um, I think that speaks so. I thought this was our most complete game, especially against a good team, and that 27 is extra impressive because they sat Jeffries a lot of that half. Oh Yeah, you're right. So our best defensive players out, and they played really good defense. Um, the... the Obviously, good sign when you win by 18 and your best player has one of his worst games. Yeah, right. Which, with, with the four turnovers, mostly. But it speaks so much. Taplin just, like, you couldn't... When you're watching that game, you couldn't just help but think, man, Taplin's awesome. Yeah, he did. He looked great. His his driving was back, where it was, like, last year, where he felt like... He feels like, you know, the layup king. For how small it is, he can get those angles and he can get those layups going. And that hasn't been really getting going this season as much. But that game, it was really well. Um, I think he hit at least one three. He might have gotten hit two. So, obviously, he's shooting yeah, 54%, 54% from three in conference play. Um, <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, maybe take a couple more, even if your percentage goes down. But, yeah, he was just everywhere, playing really good. Had a couple steals, too. Um, he outplayed Shiz Austin, which isn't which oh, is no yeah. small feat. Shiz Austin's first-team all-campop. He's going to be first-team all-conference. Yeah. Shiz Austin's a really good player. And, I mean, they did a really good job on both Austin and Rose, who won a combined six for 26, I think. Yeah, he had the most minutes on the team as well, um, and I guess people have been speculating that maybe he's just been hurt for a really long time. But uh, sources on the inside say that he's been practicing every game, every day um, for yeah, the longest time. Yeah, he he, practicing still could be practicing and playing like yeah, when you when you play yeah, some some he could have some sort. nagging ankle injury still. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you guys have any other final notes on the game that you want to go before we start talking about next week? Other than it's just kind of funny that they only scored five field goals in the second half. Yes, that's a great and note. They, they only yeah. had so they had 13 points from the field and 14 from the line. Yeah. So if like we didn't foul them as much, which I mean, let's be. So this is this is my I guess my question to you guys is that if there's a huge disparity in fouls, is that more often just because we were egregiously fouling them, or because the refs were calling it one sided against us as usual? Um, was the disparity only in the second half? Yeah. I first, mean, half, I mean, first half, we both had six, it was like six free throws per team, and they had 27. No, they so, had 21 in the second so half. So if you ask the guy sitting behind us, he'd probably say we were getting fouled on every play. Because um, in, sec- in the second half especially, what? the fans were not, the what guy behind it? us was yelling a lot. Oh, at the game. At I the was game. like, we're all sitting, there's no one sitting So the guy sitting behind us was like, that's a foul, that's a foul! That's a fact. <laughs> yeah. Um, a lot. So, I don't know. I think they had some missed calls, I think, a little. But I think a lot of it was they constantly steal the ball from us, and then we'd chase after them and foul yeah. them before they got a layup. Right. So that and also, like, if you're grab, down by like, that grab, much... Grab their shorts. If you're down by that much, you're just going to be trying to score as fast as possible and get to the bucket, which probably results in more fouls. So, I don't know. It's probably should, a combination of those We should do that, things. though. That's just plug-in, pace, 
we should do that every time, even if we're up by a lot. We what? should try and score as fast as possible. No, I'm saying they were trying to I score know. as fast I'm as just possible. saying we should do that. Oh, yes, agreed. Yeah, so anyways, that was just my tangent. I thought that was funny, um, and I think yeah, that's, five the, buckets. That's, the only reason, that's the only reason they stayed in is because we were, like, gifting them I mean, points. And they only made five two-point field goals the whole game. Really? Yeah, five Gosh, for 17 from crazy. two. crazy. I think part of that is... They were just so bad. In the first half, like, I think Tulsa Hops on the Discord, Jeffries is so good at defending without fouling. Yeah. He's he's become the master of the straight-up defense, especially Mm for... He only had one block, but a lot of contests. Um, Horning bonded, too. Really good at the rim. And even, like, not contesting, but our guards do a good job staying in front of the guys. Yeah. Um, so gotta give props to our guys on defense. They did when you, when a team shoots thirty percent from the fl- field, it's not all fluke. Yeah, you play sure. good defense. Yeah. And I feel like people. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, I mean go if you're sticking on the de- defense. I was gonna do a tangent. Oh yeah, I was gonna say I feel like people know at this point that Jeffries is a great shot blocker, and so they get scared of him when they go up for a bucket because he just stands there sometimes and they throw up some crazy shot that they didn't need to. Dude. Oh, he had one he was really close to, but he fouled the guy. Uh, the guy went up, and Jeffrey stayed in the air for like five minutes, but he got his arm. He was really close to getting the ball, though. Yeah, nice. Um, uh, just the last point. I thought we did uh, pretty well on the rebounds on the board. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had 37, although this says that we one of them was dead ball, so 36 to their 26. Not thir- Yeah, 36 to their 26. They still beat us on the offensive boards, 8 to 7. But... Like, we were killing them on, like, we got, we had 30, 29 defensive rebounds. So, we, we did a good job of making yeah. sure they weren't actually getting second chance points. Awesome. Part of that, I think, might be inflated. Not inflated. That's not the right word because uh, it's it did actually happen. But in the second, in the first half, they did not, like, go for rebounds at all. <laughs> yeah. They would have, like, nobody there. And so, we would just get it. Get it. And then they kind of they kind of had one guy there towards the end of that half and then they did a better job of like trying to get rebounds in the second half. But Yeah, going into the game, they were 283rd in offensive rebound percentage. So, I think they were the kind of team that was uh their natural state is to play more transition defense and not go for all rebounds. Yeah, and just, do you think that's are we similar in that maybe or we're just like we go for them and we just miss? No, I think we do do that on on defense. I think we do get back in transition. That's why we don't get offensive rebounds. I think we obviously just suck at getting defensive rebounds. Yeah, yeah. That's a concern. So I really don't care that we don't get offensive rebounds. It's all about that we let the up one, so many. So the one thing I didn't like, and I mentioned it to you yesterday, is that Jeffries did go for one offensive rebound yes. towards the end, and he missed it, and then he ended up like by out, the of, out of bounds yeah. by the cheerleaders. And they were already down the court, and so it was five on four for like a good like five seconds. Yeah, without hours, our best defender. Right. Which, that I don't like that as much because I'd, I'd much rather just not go for the offensive rebound and like have the transition D so they don't beat us fast. And so that was the only thing that I noticed that I was like I didn't like that. And so I don't really care as much about offense as long as we're not giving up offensive rebounds. Yeah, we did do it. So the I noticed it because I do sometimes just like to watch only Jeffries just to kind of see how he plays. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but Jeffries was doing a good job in the first half of even if he only got like four rebounds. But you would notice he'd have his butt into the dude who he's guarding. So he boxed out a lot. Yep. And Horn always does a good job of that. For sure. And Ibana did a better job too. Um, I think there's only one egregious play I noticed, and we just rewatched it, where the, we stole the ball, and then Horn and Scott both run in transition, and nobody goes for the ball. Oh, yeah. right. And Temple grabbed it and got um, the uh, foul and like two free throws. Yeah, so, it was like it was Horn and Scott on the sides, and then it was Taplin, was Taplin in the middle that yeah. they were like expecting him to just go yeah. to the ball. Yeah, and then when all three should have gone for the ball. Yeah, so that that's and that, that's usually where I think our rebounding comes from, our bad offensive rebounding. Yeah. I usually think our guys actually box out pretty well, but they go over them and the guards don't go for it. Right. Um, specifically, I think Taplin and Scott are both pretty bad rebounders. I think Jackson and Joyner are both really good rebounders, mm-hmm. but so that's where we need. That's where our issues come from, and th- this game it wasn't as much of an issue. Right, but I think part of it was because Temple was like in the second half they did a much better job offensive rebounding. Temple did totally. So next week we have two games. One of them's on Thursday. One of them's on Sunday, and we've got Tulane on Thursday. Both of them are away. Uh, Tulane's on Thursday at six o'clock, and then East Carolina's on Sunday at one o'clock. Uh, so we'll start with the Tulane game. So Thursday six p.m. Tulane is. Pretty much far and away the worst team in the conference. They are four and eighteen on the year. They're zero and ten in conference play. Uh, it's kind of surprising that they're this bad this year. They did lose like a decent player last year, but not. Oh, like, Melvin Frazier. 
Yeah, Noel Frazier was really. He's in good. the NBA, right? So I guess he's very good for it's for two like Because their football team did pretty well. The yeah, basketball had to regress. <laughs> Has to equal out. Yeah, Noel Frazier might have been well. American was good NBA wise last year, but Noel Frazier yeah. was up there. People no, were excited yeah, about right. him. I, yeah, yeah. I kind of forgot how good he was last year. Um, so that's a good point. So they did lose him, uh, but same coach Mike Dunleavy. Uh, but last year they were fourteen and seventeen, so like close to five hundred record, and they were five and thirteen in conference, so not much better than uh, this year. So they're. 0-10 in conference um, this year, 4-18 and this year, so a huge decline in overall record. And they haven't won a game since December against Texas Southern. Jeez. Uh, so, they haven't yeah. won a game? They haven't won a game since then. Uh, so very weird. They're just they're very, very down. We are playing them on the road, so I'm you know, always scared with Tulsa on the road, but this should, this should be the win, right? This should hopefully build some road confidence for us. Yeah, this is like... Are they better than ORU? They're, they're worse than ORU, I would imagine. They've got to be. I mean, so, they're 295 Ken Palm. Yeah. It'd be hard for us to find many do teams. We, we can't play down to their level. So, right now, according to Ken Palm, we have a 77% chance of winning. God, that's, Surprise, that's, that's God. low. That's yeah. really low. Right, what the heck? Yeah, let me see. I guess I'm going to go look at Tulane's schedule. I mean, they just I don't think have. Ken Palm is always somewhat conservative, though, but. It still uh, seems really, really low. Those... I, would, I, would, I would. So, Houston plays them next at. Tulane and they have a five for, and, t- and they have a ninety five percent chance of winning, um, and their next home game South Florida has better odds. Wichita State has worse odds. South so, Florida, I would argue, is better than us this year, even though we beat them at home. I feel like they are. Yeah, do I do too. I feel like it's close. No, we don't. That's nice. Nice. Yeah, South Florida's having a good year, but yeah, I yeah. Don't Tulane, know. <clears throat> they just don't have any any good people. <laughs> they have no good players. Their leading scorer is Caleb Daniels, who's like a mid tier conference player. Uh, their second best guy, who was better last year, I think, uh, Jordan Cornish. At least I heard more about him last year. Is their he's I think just like kind of their second best player, kind of another mid average conference player, and everybody else is like bad. So this should this would be the worst loss of the year, even though it's on the road. This would be an awful awful loss. They do have the tallest team in conference, um, I think. Looking at Ken Palm, if you go by average height, but I think that I think they just run out like it, they must just run out like five Peter Hewitts a game, yeah, type, <laughs> type stuff. Yeah. Where it's like you're tall, but what what is basketball? Yeah, exactly. I wonder. So, do you think we just? I mean, I know Matt's talked about this a lot, but do we we need to keep the pace up to beat them? Or does it even matter? I don't think it matters. It shouldn't matter, but we Tulane. should always just keep the pace up so that yeah. we have it. Like this game, so the Temple, just going back, the Temple game was, um, I mean, we had a lot of, it seemed like we had a lot of possessions. Our pace was 71.3 uh, per, you know, possessions per... Per 100? Yeah. Uh, no, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, but our pace, it, it was 71.3, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, blah. yeah, whatever, whatever you... <laughs> pace i don't know how you have point three, but um which was upper half of games we've played uh which is good it was i think 11th on the season so far and so if you look at if you like look at our games by pace like the higher our paces there are definitely more wins on that side of the <laughs> yeah. on that side of the chart so i don't think we're gonna need to but i think if we uh want to do well in the conference tournament we should just be getting our pace up always so this would be a nice game Obviously, if we lose, it's like Jesus Christ, what's going on here, Tulsa? Yeah, that would, but that would be awful. I think a good. I think if we don't win by ten, I don't think it's a good sign. Yeah, I mean, I think any road win is fine. I mean, ten is would be nice. You're right. Like having a, road, a close win against uh, Tulane, even though it's on the road. Like I doubt their stadium is filled at all uh, with how their season's gone, so it yeah. shouldn't play that much of an impact. I know it's not just fans that impact road wins, but or road games. But yeah, that. It should be hopefully over a if 10 we point want win. if we want confidence going into Temple, Memphis, Wichita State, mm-hmm. a ten point win would keep our momentum yep. from this Temple win. Agreed. So that would be nice. Then you guys want to? I mean, anything else really for that one? Do you want to go on to the harder game? Yeah, we should move. Let's do predictions real quick for Tulane. But yeah, I mean, it, it should be a win. I'm gonna say we, Matt. You want to go first? I was gonna say seventy five, sixty four. Token. I have it as 79 to 65. I'm going to go 83 67. Cool. All right. So moving on, ECU, that's on Sunday at 1 o'clock. They are second worst in the conference, um, but noticeably second. So kind of Tulane is kind of alone at the bottom. 
Uh, East Carolina at least has some conference wins. So they're 9-13 and 13 on the year. They Still, beat Cincinnati. They beat Cincy. Yeah, I forgot. That was their easily their biggest win of the season so yeah. far. But if they hadn't, we would have beat Cincinnati. Yes, exactly. Uh, but 9-13 and 13 total for the year, 2-8 and eight in conference. Uh, they've got a first-year coach, which I looked, I was uh, doing some research on him. He used to coach at ECU. He used to coach at ECU. His name's Joe Dooley. Uh, he coached for them from 1998 or from 1995 to 1999. And before ECU, he was the head coach at Florida Gulf Coast, and they hired him back. And the thing I didn't know was he the head coach when they were at Dunk City. He was the one after that guy. Okay. Oh, okay. The thing I didn't they know they did make the conference t- tournament twice, but it wasn't that Sweet 16 run for Dunk City. What I didn't know about Joe Dooley and what made me all, like actually like sad for East Carolina uh, is that when he was so he was the coach there uh, for four years or whatever, and they fired him. They fired him after the 1998-1999 season. So this coach that they fired 20 years ago is now uh, is now their coach again. Which I mean that sucks. You know, like even if even if he had better results future later on, you're gonna what does that say to your fan base? Like, nobody wants the guy who got fired to come back and coach again. Unless nobody wanted him to get fired in the first place. I mean, maybe. I, that, hopefully that was the case. I just thought that was hilarious. Fun fact, East Carolina's only made the tournament twice, and both times they were below 500 Plus, for the who season. Wants, who, who wants to? <laughs> what? Who Did wants they win to, the conference tournament or something? Yeah. Yeah. That's nuts. Who wants to coach at East Carolina, though? It's not. I, I would imagine they don't have, like, the greatest of pool of people that I don't hire, know. hire from. East Carolina, I mean, I mean is North Carolina is state. I mean, you got to think about this. <coughs> These are human people. It's so hard to move your family to a place that does not exist. <laughs> or is it's it? true. I don't know Great it. point. Um, uh, yeah, but this is a big battle. Big, what is it? Battle of the teams that a 17th century ship captain would not want to see on the open ocean. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, yeah, we didn't even talk about the, the Battle of the Color Base Water Finale. Two lanes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, our biggest rival. Yeah, we got to bring back the poster yeah, for put basketball. Put the poster out there, see if we can. Maybe I'll Photoshop a basketball into one yeah, of the hands. Yeah, there you go. But yeah, so East Carolina, big rivalry game coming up, uh, but very exciting. They do have who is probably, uh, I don't, I'm trying to think of any others who would be in contention for this, but best freshman in the conference this year. Oh, he is. Jalen Gardner? Yeah. Yeah, Nate Hinton, maybe, but Nate he's a bench player. Yeah. So it's got to be this guy. He's third leading scorer in the conference. He leads ECU with 18.7 points a game, and he leads them in rebounds with yeah, nine a game. Yeah, I said that's the one thing ECU. He kills it on the O boards too. Yep. So we got to box this dude out. So he's a stud. This could be one where maybe we bring in Jackson to start the game. Uh, you know, we just put him on Jaden Gardner. I don't know. It's I'd say it's more of a Jeffries matchup. This dude's six six and thick. Is he six six and thick? Yeah. Dang, that sucks. That I didn't know he was that tall. That's two C's thick. <laughs> yeah, no, he, yeah, he, he, he's, a, he's, a, he's, he's probably about a, he plays the four for them. Uh, oh, okay, yeah, but yeah, he's very thick. Yeah, and so that's not really a Darian Jackson matchup. It's more of Jeffries, Igbano, Horn, got to box him out. Okay, I was so I was watching ECU Wichita, Wichita State, State, and I was, cause I was watching specifically to watch Gardner play, and yeah, he, he gets eighteen points, but he gets them all on like kind of putbacks, layups, uh, getting to the rim. Even he, but he does like he has like um he can play from the perimeter he he takes it up he can he can handle the ball you know he can he can drive the hoop he just isn't a good shooter yeah so he really does he gets all of his points at the bucket and at the free throw line okay yeah so hopefully I mean put Jeffries on him all game yeah that'd be that'd be the idea well thing we, play, we play we play we play zone, I know. so it's the three yeah but he he's gonna be in the baseline he's gonna sneak in there and it's kind of you know get 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 in your way get these mm-hmm. rebounds and just. Uh, get some post-ups, so we'll see. Yep, so he's going to be the toughest one to stop by far. Um, they also, kind of their second-best player, their best three-point shooter, who actually gets meaningful minutes, uh, is K.J. Davis. He's had a pretty good year, um, but it's it's pretty much the Jaden Gardner show. So if we can shut him down, that's a win for us, but we got to figure out a, a good game plan for him. So they've had two home wins uh, since conference play started. Um, the first that is they beat Tulane 66-65. to Close, uh, okay. and then they blew out Cincinnati yeah. by two points. So those, makes... those are the two teams they beat at home by how many points? Two. Oh, so blew out by two compared okay. to how they barely beat Tulane. Yeah, now. exactly. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, the Cincy one—that's that makes no sense. I don't know if they were just sleeping, uh, and maybe that was part of the week where was that right before they played us? That okay? So the, a bunch of people on that team on Cincy—they were they had the flu that week um, when they played us as well, which. Since he blames uh, the close the close win on that, 
uh, against us. But Cincy or Cincy fans who are like super annoying. Cincy fans. Yeah. Yeah. They they say we only played them close because their whole team had the flu, which maybe had some impact. But is that I why mean, they lost to Nevada in the second round last year too? <laughs> Probably. Yeah, that's kind of just like it's just excuses. excuses. Yeah. Exactly. Your team played like shit. Yeah. And still beat us. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, I think it should be a win. Like obviously, they're the second worst in the conference. Um, they have been on a downward trend, so I'm hoping, hoping for a win. But you know, it's an away game, so keep your eyes awake for that one. But we'll see. I mean, yeah, Wichita State just beat them by 16. Yeah, uh, on the road. Um, South Florida beat them by 20. I mean, this is a game we should win. Are you sticking with your uh, your prediction then that we're gonna lose this one? Uh, I don't know. I mean. Every time we play well, I want to say that we that it's no longer the case. But yeah, I'm just gonna be a pessimist, um, just because. Okay. I'm gonna say we lose 68 to 67. All right. God, that would suck. So <laughs> yeah, I have a story about East Carolina. All right, let's hear it. And how it was the year before you guys went to college with me. So. Um, Okay, so it is 2012 slash 2013 spring. And yes. before and before this this happened before I realized East Carolina would win the CIT championship. <laughs> they went it was probably East Carolina's last good season, and there was some it was when they still were trying to well it's not so but they were trying to get fans to go to the game so they had like some sort of a contest who whatever fraternity or sorority would be the loudest would get a thousand dollars. Wow. So that's when we that's when we were making we, you make signs blah, blah blah, and that's when we were making signs and we realized. Where, where the hell is East Carolina? <laughs> and that's when it came out. East Carolina, it's basically Atlantis. It's yep. an imaginary place. It's not real. Um, but so, go to the game. Get super loud. I can only go to the first half because I had a class at 8. Um, but lo and behold, who was on their team? But Miguel Paul. I don't know if you guys know who Miguel Paul is. Nope. Think about it. Uh, so, he played basketball at Mizzou. He was in the same class with Kim English and no Marcus Denman. Yeah, but he transferred to East Carolina. And But when he's at Mizzou... Every time he'd come in, the announcers would always say, "Oh, here comes a Miguel Paul. He's actually the cousin of NBA player Chris Paul." Um, and Miguel Paul would tell people that. And then about a year after it started happening, so it's freshman year, people always say that. Sophomore year, somebody asked Chris Paul, "So you've been watching your cousin Miguel at Missoula?" And Chris Paul was like, "Who the hell is that?" <laughs> no way. He completely lied Just about, made it up all the time. about his cousin being Chris Paul. Holy crap, that's so funny. So it was close. We I mean, we were front row, and there weren't that people there. You could tell I was yelling. So the whole time I was yelling. Hey, you're a liar! I know what you did. You're not Chris Paul's cousin. And eventually, he just looked back at me really sad. And, and, and just, I was like, "Oh shit!" God, you got him. Yeah, got him. And the whole hard. game, so we'd be doing, "You're not a real place." Like we start like chaining yeah, them. Yeah, I remember doing that. Um, but the first time we did it, the bench would start saying, "We're in North Carolina." He's <laughs> yeah. like, "Then oh. why are you called Eastern North Carolina?" Right. It's like, "We no, we're in North Carolina." Yeah, like, but yeah, no, that's so funny. Sad part is, though, we lost that game pretty bad. Yeah, East Carolina beat us that time. Good idea to have the $1,000 go to the... It took him like six months that... to get us the $1,000. Oh, really? Yeah, it was, it was a little sketch. Yeah. <laughs> Bring that back, though. It's kind of yeah, cool. Yeah, they should. They should. Because, I mean, even good game against Temple, student section wasn't that loud. Yeah. Uh, so what's your prediction for the game? Um, I'm going to go 75-67. 67... Writing this down for follow-up next week. I'm also going to say we win, and I'm going to say uh, we're going to win 73-65. to 65. Okay. Pat, kick us off for Matt's depressing stat of the week. Matt's depressing stat of the week. Alright, um, so this is, I'll give credit to Token for drawing this to my attention. Um, and because I told him he wasn't allowed to talk about it in the actual episode anymore because he mentioned it so this is both kind of a good kind of a like happy thing but also then very depressing um so we'll start with the happy so that we can end with the depressing um we shot well from the field we shot 55 percent from the field and we shot 53 uh from behind the arc so really good very good yeah we shot better from from the field than we did from the line. And the three-point line. Yeah, we shot 53 from behind the arc. From the line, we shot 50%. <laughs> we started the game off going 0 for 4, and then we went 6 for 12 total. God, it was so like, bad. What the hell is a free throw? Somebody please explain to me, like, I think I could make, like, three of them. Yeah. And then these guys are probably, like, yeah. 12 times better than I am at shooting a basketball. Right. Like, 
what uh i remember it started off too with igbanu like he kept getting to the bucket and he would make like have and one makes and then he would get to the free throw line just miss every time they were intentionally fouling him like halfway <laughs> through the first half because yeah. he wasn't gonna make the shots at that point yeah. and i mean i will say uh i i really did not like the tu crowd because they were like yelling at him to make it during his free throw right. shots yeah like, like that'll help that, Thanks. that's that's really stupid like why one never talk when you're when your team's shooting free throws i i i get scared if i whisper um and then yeah it's just stupid and it's like maybe it was a temple fan no there's no no temple fans were at this game yeah <laughs> so i guess we play them again but my question is if we win the season series do we officially get to say claim ryan quantin as uh as a tu fan <laughs> we, should, we, should invite, quantin? we should invite him as a guest if that happens yeah next, i'm sure he'll come season. on yeah, right. yeah. i met so, I, so we, I was, we, we, we literally named something after him like what is what is he he's gonna go start in hurricane heist i was i was that make money i was telling one of our friends was in town the other weekend i was telling about the rivalry names and we finally got somebody who knew who ryan quantin was yeah it, was, it wasn't him it was somebody else who's sitting there oh ryan quantin yeah i love a true blood nice so also matt not to step on your ground but can i can i talk about another kind of depressing but also happy stat yeah i guess you sure should have cleared it with me first but whatever why well, i mean sorry i'll talk to hr after this um so we're number one in three-point percentage in conference play but we're 10th in three-point rate it's the one thing we're really good at, but we don't do that much. Any thoughts? <laughs> Number one in three-point percentage, but what are we in three-point rate? We're 10th. Tenth. Tenth. So does that, does that mean the that... Right? So yeah. the, my question is, if our rate goes up, does our percent... Do you think our percent goes down? Are we making these threes because we know that we have a good shot of making them? I think it's part of it, but I also think we could still attempt more and yeah. it'll go down slightly. And I think, I think there's not the risk... If you do like if you do a, like a, a cross, you know, like a graph, oh, the yeah. three point rate, the risk benefit, the risk benefit it would there's way more benefit than risk. Yeah, I agree. Like even if the percentage goes down a little bit, the benefit you get out of that is way higher. So yeah. I don't know why we take so few. Uh, I think I think I I, I hmm, not totally. Kern's got long twos. <laughs> he doesn't take he didn't that really many. have that many this game. Though. I don't know. Kern's Kern's got pump faking and just throwing the ball in the air on drives. Yeah, he does that yeah, a lot. But then it like magically goes in. That Sometimes was yeah, that was a weird. I know you talk. Do you, do you see the one token where he just like tried to draw a foul? The guy hit him. They didn't call it, and he just like flung it, and it went in. It was it was wasn't even a Temple. Yeah, it was like no, one that, foot inside the two three point line. Huh? Yeah, it was a crazy <laughs> shot. <laughs> weird. Um, but yeah, I just I just don't think if we get a little bit of a contest on us, we don't take him, except for maybe dry horn. So, I think I think Scott. And Taplin should take more mostly. A lot. Taplin is the one guy who can really hit it off the bounce. Yeah, for sure. I mean, last year I felt like he was just that was his game. He would take. He took a lot of threes. He hit, I remember and late games in big games last year. That was like his time. He would always go off late late games and the really important games of the year. And specifically, who do you think are the number one and two shooters in conference play in three point shooting? Um, it's Scott and Taplin. Oh. Really? They have one the, and two? Yeah, one and two. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, they're both shooting over 50%. So, Scott, I knew Taplin would be up there. I'm surprised. Scott is number Scott's, one? Scott's been killing it from three. Wow. He just needs yeah, to take I, know. He, yeah. I think I just personally think he should be taking like six a game. Yeah. He should be in Armani Brooks territory of taking nine a game. <laughs> right. Tweet of the week. Though. All right, so my tweet of the week this week is going to be a really quick one. Uh, I didn't think it was super great, but it was pretty cool. Um, it's cool. It's less funny, uh, but I liked it. So it is from at Tulsa Hurricane, just the normal Tulsa Athletics tweet. Uh, and it was a picture of Daquan Jeffries and Darian Jackson. Uh, just looked hot. It was a great picture. Mostly is the reason I picked it. Uh, kind of want to, I wish they had like a really high resolution one of it. I was total. I would totally make that like my phone background. Uh, but it is basically them just flexing at each other after probably a Daquan Jeffries dunk or something. And it is the, the reason I picked it is because the caption of it is, I don't know if you pay attention to memes, but it's the Spider-Man pointing at Spider-Man. Uh, and because they're both flexing each other, they look the same kind of, and it's like those two, and that's what it is, a Spider-Man pointing a Spider-Man comment, and it's awesome. The picture is just really cool. Uh, go download that and make it your wallpaper, because that's what I'm going to do. Uh, that was it. That's my tweet of the week. Uh, not super funny, but very cool. Good tweet. Um, yeah, so it's time for the Faith Can and Hate. Can we do, like, Dateline music for right here? Well, hmm. so I'll start with my Faith and Hate meter. It's going to be short this week, because it hasn't changed. It's probably like people can make, Pat, Pat, you see... You see, 
Mr. Haith, the, the, the great prophet Haith, uh, <laughs> the team from the temple came down and played them. We beat them by 18. Yeah. Do you believe again? I'm like, no, it was at home. I don't know. So I'm still, in the, I'm still in the grumpy. We won at home. We always win at home. Do it on the road against a good team. Then might maybe go to make the final four. And maybe I'll believe. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's exactly the same. I still think there's better coaches out there for a cheaper price too. I don't know. He, I just don't I just don't think he's our coach of the future. I think we're just going to be very I think we're going to be 19 and 13 for a lot of years if yeah. Frank Haith is our coach. Yeah. Um, Some people would probably be fine with that. But, you know, not, not us. Uh I was a journalist in a past life. In the criminal justice system, sexually based offenses. Jesus Christ. Yeah. I thought I forgot it. Matt. I forgot about that. God. <laughs> what are you cut, doing? Cut, cut that. Welcome to Pat Investigates, a new segment of the Tulsa Golden Hurricast. This week, I investigate Curran Scott's height. So if you guys look online, what Curran Scott's height is listed as 6'4". We've gone to Tulsa Games. We've seen him in person. Do you think Curran Scott is 6 feet and 4 inches tall? <laughs> it's hard to believe. I'll tell you that. Double, uh, what are you, like 6'2"? Matt, you too. You're both like 6'2", right? I'm 6'1". You're 6'1"? Yeah. 6'2", Matt? Yeah, if you round up by like... So, uh, like, like Curran Scott does, apparently. <laughs> not, we, not as much. It's as probably not him. It's probably... The Tulsa, yeah. It's probably Tulsa. Yeah. But, you got... I mean, I, I was watching the game. He didn't look ta- He didn't look much taller than T- Darian Jackson, who this is 6'2". Um, what's his face? Daquan Jeffries, Lawson Carita, both of us is 6'5". I'd guess Carita is 6'4". And Jeffries is 6'5". But you're saying you're saying Curran Scott is one inch shorter yeah. than Daquan Jeffries? <laughs> I don't think so. Like, he's not 6'4". He's six two maybe. Yeah, that's what I I would say six two. That's what he looks like on the court at least. And like, okay, I get it. One inch, you give it, you know, you know, that's fair. Two inches, like a legit, like a lot of two inch I don't yeah. know, man. Yeah, it's tough. Like I it's hard to believe that he is he's actually six four. I think there's there's no chance of that one. Maybe it's like maybe it's the he he kind of has short arms for a basketball player, so maybe that doesn't help make him look shorter, but I don't know. He is not Yeah. He is not six four. <laughs> there's zero chance of this. I really, I would just really appreciate honesty, Tulsa basketball. You know, yeah. Just, just be honest really. with me, or at least one inch, one inch margin of honesty. Yeah, six, if you say six three, I'm like, okay, fine. Like yeah. he's probably six three and like shoes with a little bit of platform, you know. But no chance six four unless he's in heels. <laughs> yeah. I don't see that happening. Is this something you're gonna follow up in the future? Are you gonna go? Yeah, if I see Kern's on the street, I'm just gonna berate him about it. <laughs> no, but yeah, I, I, I just what he's got one more year left. Let's see what he's listed at next year. So is this going to be a recurring segment from now on? We got you're going to investigate something every week. It seems like a lot of work. It does seem like a lot of work. We'll see. <laughs> you know, really, do you really think he did a lot of work to say like I don't think current? Well, he's got, the, the main work is going to have to be a, a subject that's interesting to even talk about investigating. All right, so we'll see. Well, it would be cool though. I wonder. Is, is there that is much East to Carol- investigate is, about is Carolina? Sports? A real place? Yeah. Is he? I don't know. Will I go to East Carolina? We'll <laughs> yeah. see. Uh, <laughs> Hello, I would like to buy one ticket to East Carolina. Yeah. Yeah, sir, that doesn't exist. Yes, Aha. <laughs> <laughs> I got him. Just get that on video and uh, we'll yeah. put it on Twitter. Yo, yeah, yeah, this, this videotape me calling the airline. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sir, one ticket to East Carolina, please. <laughs> Look up Senator for State of East Carolina. Yeah. There is a Senator from North Carolina who is named John Porter East. Oh, that's conspiracy. Hey, oh. there's something there. Are look. they named after Senator John Porter East, or are they named because they're the eastern part of North Carolina? Who knows? All right. Good to move on? Yeah, Tulsa's uh, 2019 football schedule was recently announced, so I figured we would run over that real quick and just spend a minute or two talking about that. Um, don't have to go through every game, uh, obviously, but all the games are listed. None of them have times yet. The first four games of the year are really cool. Uh, we've got Michigan State to open the season at Michigan State. So we open with two away games, which is kind of odd. But at Michigan State on August 30th, and then we go straight to San Jose State. So very far away uh, from each other, but uh, should be kind of cool. They're both the Spartans, oddly enough. And then we are we come back from San Jose State, and we have two home games in a row. We're home against Oklahoma State, which that, I feel like that hasn't happened in a long time. It's My freshman year. So yeah, what is that? Twenty eleven, six, seven years. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, that's all. That'll no, be eight, really fun. Eight years. Eight years. 
So home against Oklahoma State, and then home again against Wyoming, which is two Cowboys in a row. So we have two Spartans in a row, and then two Cowboys. When is the last weird. time somebody's played their first four games against two mascots? I know. That's what I was... I saw it's something like on Twitter about Twitter. that. And apparently that Wyoming and uh, Oklahoma State, both of their mascots are based after, like, Pistol Pete. Wow. Whoa. Yeah. Very weird. Something's going on with the schedulers, I'll tell you. But... Yeah, it's a really fun schedule. Like, our home schedule is all the harder teams, so we've got a bunch of really fun games. I mean, hopefully they're fun. Hopefully we're good this year. They're fun if we're competitive. Yeah. They're not fun if we're, like, not, and we have to go to all these home games that we lose. Right. Yeah. But it, regardless, it's, like, still fun to have the, the better teams coming home, and it's better for the schedule to have the better teams home and the worst teams on the road. So um, I was talking to my friend. Nathan Pickett was in town, and I was talking to him, and he basically brought up, there's a chance we go 0 and 12 next year. <laughs> I mean, there's I mean, there's, there's a always chance, a chance. Yes. But, but we don't have like really any cupcake, especially at home. Yep. Well, Wyoming, I guess. I don't know. Were they any good last year? I think they made a bowl. Well, I mean, they're coming off. They're not like horrible. I mean, they had like a couple good. Yeah. They have more like NFL guys. I mean, they I don't. More yeah. talent than the thing is, good. you can't consider anybody a cupcake after our two and nine or three and nine year. So That's we, true. We are we a cupcake? We're the cupcake for people. But we also have a quarterback potentially this year, so we'll, well see. Potentially, yeah, Seth Boomer. That's, yeah, it, I mean, it could be Seth Boomer. It could be Zach Smith. I think one of those Skipper. guys. I doubt it. I doubt it's Skipper. But I mean, if it is, I'll, more power to him. I feel like we're. I feel like we'll be like an even split against Wyoming. I don't know. It's weird. Like all of our look at these home games. It's it's just a great home schedule. We've got Oklahoma State and Wyoming kick off the year. Then conference play, we've got Navy at home, which is always super cool because it's Navy. Then Memphis for homecoming. Uh, which we played them at homecoming like three years ago, October, I think. Is that October 26th? Yes. And then UCF, playing them. We didn't even play them at all last year, so we've got them at home this yeah, time. Thank God. That'll be very fun. Uh, could be a blowout. We'll see if they can go three years in a row being conference champs. And then last home game is against, is Houston, uh, who's always very good. And they've got Dana Holgerson as their head coach now, which is super exciting. So. You know what I you know what I still hate about looking at the schedule is that I wish we played the same team every season for our last game. Like we should be playing SMU for last the last game. game for the Boomtown Showdown because that's always rivalry week. You mean the battle of the teams that no, either the got Boomtown the death Showdown, the Boomtown Showdown, the Boomtown Showdown. Yeah. So I just Sorry. I just don't like that. I wish I wish it was consistent. I wish they did as much to promote like other budding rivalries as much as they do for like USF UCF, which is I will agree the biggest rivalry in the conference. But, like, I feel like UConn, UCF gets more attention. <laughs> yeah. so, like, negative attention, but more attention than the Boomtown Showdown it definitely does. ever did. I really Is wish. the one where UConn made a trophy and yeah. UCF yeah. doesn't even care about yeah, it? Yeah, they didn't even take it. <laughs> like, they won it and they didn't take the trophy. Uh, yeah, I wish, though, too, because there's so many. There's so many possibilities. And, like, it just creates more conference cohesion and... More fun in the conference with more rivalries. In yeah, because SMU's biggest rival is, is TCU. That's probably TCU. Yeah, TCU. Like they have potential rivalry with us with Houston. Like why? Why are they? Yeah, Houston would stuff? make more sense because they used to be in the SWAC together. Yeah, I mean yeah, it's we, just weird. We were in Conference USA together. And we yeah, were... but if you look back at the SWAC was like big time. It's just I mean either way either yeah. like just try something you know like we've got potentials all over the yeah, place I mean, we, we just don't do you it. You could easily have it be like us with. SMU, or even us with Tulane, since we both came over at the same time. We're both TU, yeah. we're both color-based water phenomena. And in the same <laughs> division. Like, how are they not jumping on that? It's already, we made it. All they have to do is, like, sponsor it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We just want 25%. Yes, yeah. exactly. Of whatever. I don't, how do they make money off of that? Clearly, we're not making money off football. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, anyways, uh, mostly, I'm, I'm really excited for football season, as usual, uh, but the schedule this year, it's just really cool. So, I'm really excited for our to. defense. Yeah, man, it's gonna be awesome. Especially if we go to the four three. I think Cole, uh, what's his name, Colin Wick, and mm-hmm. Travis Gibson can be sack monsters. And obviously, our linebacker. It, it's kind of interesting when you can say who's our best defensive unit, and you can actually have a case for two. Yeah, where it's either linebackers or cornerbacks. Yep, exactly. It's gonna. Uh, and I, I keep forgetting that Travis Gibson wasn't a senior last year, and I'm like, every time I realize that he's coming back, I get so excited. Um, and then. Yeah, it all just leans on whether Seth Boomer takes like the next step and kind of goes on Dane Evans' territory, mm-hmm. or if Zach Smith is either the next G.J. Kinney or bad if he's the next Cody Green. Yeah, exactly. Right. Cody Good Green won a conference championship. <laughs> well, Cody Green did not win the conference championship. Our best, our best defense in years the and, the, and the best running back duo in years. He was on the team when we won a conference championship, yeah. which 
I don't care if Zach Smith is not the reason. <laughs> if we win a yeah. conference championship and he's the quarterback, right. that is A-OK. Yeah, me and Matt were talking about this. Our, it's kind of our last two Big 12 transfer quarterbacks, one of the best of all time, yeah. and then right. dud. Yeah. yeah, barely. Cody Green was almost a Big 10 transfer, but he transferred the same year Nebraska left. So is uh I don't know it's it's uh is Trey Watson to Terry and Douglas that was the combo you're talking about right yeah is uh do you think they I say are, Sanders and Brewer might they I, I was gonna say yeah Brewer and Flanders um like those I are they're are, pretty close they're pretty close Brewer and Flanders probably had the better numbers but that's also was part of the offensive system yeah our offensive system was so good yeah it was yeah awesome. and ooh, it's hard to say. I think Watts was the most talented of all of those, but for college, mm-hmm. I'll say I'll say Flanders and Brewer might have been better. Yeah, for college, I, I agree that Watts is the most talented of the group, but yeah, it's cool. We've just had a bunch of really exciting running backs. Oh, it's actually a trio. Well, I'm an idiot. Uh, number eight, the, just the huge, just like, uh, talking about thick, it's a thick episode, <laughs> um, Alex Singleton. Oh, yeah. Alex wow, Singleton yeah. would only go in from like the one yard line. Yeah, I did. And he had like him. 10 touchdowns. Yep. Yeah, the king of thick. Who's <laughs> the Zion Williamson of college football Boom, back there's in like our, 2012? Our, we've already got our episode, right, episode so two, title for this week. Two, two, so so thick, and then kings. Can you say those? Kangs. Yeah. Yeah, kangs. Matt, get on the get on the yeah. NBA NBA internet. Get on the NBA Reddit, man. Kangs is a thing. All right, let's call. It. Do you guys have any shoutouts? We're going pretty long. Uh, shoutouts to Mox. He's been a good boy this week. Nice. So is Scout. Good week for dogs. Yeah. That's a wrap. All right, there we go. If you like the show, you can donate to the podcast at anchor.fm slash thegoldenhurricast and by clicking the support this podcast button. We'd also really appreciate it if you can leave us a rating or give us some feedback on Apple Podcasts or whatever you use to listen to the show. If you have a question about Tulsa sports or anything you want us to talk about, we are at goldenhurricast on Twitter and Instagram. You can shoot us a message there or you can email us at thegoldenhurricast at gmail.com. As usual, remember to subscribe on your podcast app so you never miss an episode. Thanks for listening, everybody, and we will talk to you next week. Stay golden. Hurricane.